We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the e-commerce leader. Today, we are in the middle of a really important session, I think, about Q4 planning. Now, even if your big season isn't Q4, if it's Q2, so April, May, June or something, if you're in the gardening space, or even if you don't have a sort of really big peak season, a few products are sort of more, more steady across the season then I still think this process of planning for the next quarter, if you haven't ever done it before, or even if you do and you want to revise your process, is going to be very, very powerful for you. It's a sort of uh, thing where you can say little hinges swing big doors. There, there's a few of those in business and planning properly is definitely one of those. Frankly, I'm not the best person to talk about this because I'm not a very great planner, although I'm trying to get better at looking forwards. But Jason is really good at this process and as ever Jason has a knack of dealing with the complex and making it simple which is really reassuring and really helpful for those of us who are not just the owner but the operator and in some cases the chief cook and bottle washer in our businesses if that's you then stay tuned uh, it's going to be simple actionable but profound stuff so enjoy the show so step four in our little framework here is uh, placement strategy. And so let me just set the stage for this one uh, a little bit. I This week earlier, or I guess, I, yeah, earlier this week, I guess I'm thinking <laughs> while we come in, sorry, this earlier this week, I was a guest in Inventory Labs a Resonate Conference and spoke for them. And they did a kickoff session and the team there did a roundtable with all the presenters and they just asked what challenges or issues or hot trends. And of course, um, it was all Amazon centric. And so many people were talking about how, you know, inventory stock counts are being capped and limited. Amazon is doing very deliberate exercises to restrict the amount of stock that sellers can send in. And for big sellers, it's a massive, massive concern. I mean, people who have a big inventory, you know, a catalog, they, they're very constrained and feeling the pressure from that. And so the experts were talking about that issue. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I was just saying to myself, but I didn't, I didn't say it vocally, but I just kept saying to myself, omni-channel, omni-channel. <laughs> Omnichannel. It's like, <laughs> just to please tell everyone they should be omnichannel. And because the the placement or, or the channel strategy that you use is super important. So step four in our little framework here is evaluate your channel strategy, where you sell and how you use marketplaces and create decisions about the best approach for each platform in light of your goals for Q4. And so that's the concise and simple placement goal here. The, the the work to be done is really to think through, again, what's um, optimal for your business in terms of these marketplaces. And some questions you might ask yourself are, what are the most profitable marketplaces for me to sell on? And you can include your own Shopify website in that if you want. So the most profitable uh, locations. What's the most stable, drama-free sale location for me? How much inventory should I commit to each sales location? And do I have time and energy to try a new sales location during Q4? And if so, what would that be? And how will I go about it? So those questions will sort of kick off a topic. Michael, what are your thoughts on sales channel management and 
related to Amazon. I was just thinking about you silently mouthing omni-channel at all these Amazon-focused <laughs> sellers. And I think you're right. I think this last, I don't know, 18 months has been a wake-up call in two ways for Amazon sellers. First of all, how big uh, e-commerce can get, how quickly. And the second thing is, the flip side of that is, how the mighty Amazon is struggling to their capacity is not infinite. Mm -hmm. It is, in fact, finite. And I don't think Amazon wants to drive away. I don't think they're trying to, in some ways, punish or encourage FBA sellers to, you know, to not use the FBA systems. That's one of their, their walled garden sort of competitive advantages. They want you to be in their system. The reason they're doing it is because they just run out of capacity. Yeah. And I think that isn't going to change if e-commerce keeps, keeps growing. And as Amazon probably invests a bit less in what is an ex mostly a cost center, its entire retail system, except mm -hmm. for advertising. So if they can get you to advertise and then fulfill yourself, they're probably going to be quite happy in terms of the profit loss. So yeah. I think this is not just a freak moment. It's just the future. And we have to adjust. As you say, Omnichannel is the longer term solution. Even if you're selling on Amazon, a few things that are relevant. First of all, sales location kind of boils down to different countries. So do you, how much stock do you sell from China to the US or UK or Germany? It's probably a little bit on the later side to be deciding that, but it's certainly mm -hmm. a part of the thing. If you sell in Europe, are you going to be pan-European mm -hmm. um, registered? So you store stock in Germany, but it sells through to people who buy in France or Spain or whatever. That's sadly no longer an, an option for those who sell in the UK. And then a more immediate thing is third-party DPLs or third-party warehouses versus FBA, it, you really, really, if you don't have a 3PL, now is the last second that you should be going out and begging somebody mm -hmm. to at least be able to drip feed uh, inventory into FBA, even if you right. don't need it yet, because next week or tomorrow, Amazon may change the goalposts, as I have been doing almost daily sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to think about is that seller fulfilled prime and you know building up those metrics is difficult and a bit risky, so I wouldn't rush to it, but it may make sense if you have... Yeah really fantastic fulfillment ability for bulky products particularly in q4 but not only so it is an area in short that you need to educate yourself about find super people if you're going to do fulfillment yourself my main hint is this get extremely expert people doing it otherwise you can mess your entire amazon account up so that's the main sort of warning from me about that yeah let me mention one other wrinkle in this whole question of placement and i'd love your your thoughts on this and this might be actually a tee up for a whole new episode of of the podcast because this is i think a deep well to 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 look into all the experts on that call were focused on you know those types of issues related to stock management that kind of thing what i said which was the, the question was what is amazon doing where are they going and what do you see in the future what i said was Amazon telegraphs its punches, and it is telling you that Omnichannel is its future. When it purchased Whole Foods and then created the Amazon bookstores, which the first one was in New Village, which I go to all the time. I'm here local in Seattle. And then the second one, I think, or you know, a next near one was in Bell Square, which I also go to all the time here in Seattle. And then when they created their Amazon Go stores, which you can walk into and leave without any kind of cashier, those stores are all scaling. And then now Amazon, the rumor is, are going to start creating more like a department store. And just insider pro tip, my buddy, my mentor, Ron, said to me that the mall in Federal Way, Washington, which is about 35 minutes south of Amazon's headquarters, has a big anchor store that was empty and it's being remodeled right now. And he said, he, he goes there because the movie theater is there. He said, Jason, when we were walking by it, we were looking at all of their colors of this new store that hasn't been announced. It's totally secret. He said, it is identical to Amazon color palette. And he said, it's a big store. He said, I think it's going to be 
one of their new like like general merchandise stores, like a big store, and and have produce and everything. And so I guess all that to say, I think when we talk about Amazon being a place to sell, the new Apex sellers, the ones that sell the highest volume through Amazon system are going to be co-located both in the marketplaces digitally, you know, like the the traditional e-commerce marketplaces, but also sell through physical stores that Amazon runs. Those will become the new Apex sellers on the Amazon system. And they're doing it all because they're competing with Walmart. And Walmart is the name of the game when it's brick and mortar versus e-commerce. And it is a blood feud, friends. And Amazon is going to go after this. So anyway, all that to say, I'm really interested in this whole like tie-in to their physical locations. So what are your thoughts Fascin- on that? Fascinating insights. I mean, in, in Britain, it's, it's the dynamics different. For starters, you're in Seattle mm-hmm. and that's where Washington, you know, where Amazon's based and obviously they're pushing harder. But here's the thing yeah. about the structure of the, the density of the population, the size of the place and the, com- the penetration of e-commerce is very, very different in the UK mm-hmm. to USA. And, and we can be fooled by a common language to thinking that it's all the same. And it really, mm-hmm. Britain is not a mini USA. The e-commerce penetration here is much, much higher as a percentage of retail than it is in the US. Mm-hmm. So that tells me a couple of things. Well, first of all, there, there's an Amazon Go store in London just down the road from, from us, which we went past. I said to, to my wife, Jen, oh, wow, I'd like to pop in and get the experience. But mm-hmm. it's not a common thing. Mm-hmm. But there isn't the same incentive in, um, in America. If you want to get a big chunk of retail, you need to get offline. <laughs> the new, you know, offline is the new exciting online. It's going to be mm-hmm. harder work, lower profit margins. But in terms of market share, yeah. there's going to be quite a resistance beyond a certain point to getting everybody online particularly in the us i think so mm-hmm. that's the first point and the second thing is to your point i was about to say the word walmart because it feels like yep. really there's a lot more interplay and interchange between the companies for example the um the first or second iteration of the the fcs the fulfillment centers was created by basically them pinching walmart's head of fulfillment at that point he was the best in class but it wasn't good enough and they then Mm -hmm. iterated so in the end if you see retail as the market they're competing in and e-commerce is one sort of uber channel if you like then actually it makes sense that they're going to go back and take the fight to walmart they're just big enough to do it now so I love what you make sense makes, uh, you know, what you say makes a lot of sense. And I think two things that strike me. One is that we need to obsess about where is Amazon going so that we're in alignment with it as opposed to fighting it. And the second thing is, as you said, but it's not that hard because it telegraphs its punches. We just need to take the hints rather than fighting it and assuming they're out to get at us as their body right. sellers. Yeah. No, so, I totally yeah. agree. Just to, another wrinkle in the blood feud is <laughs> that the diapers.com CEO that Amazon acquired his name's Mark Laurie. If you've never heard his story about his experience competing against Amazon, then working for Amazon, then leaving and starting Jet.com, which was his company that he like his second big company that was acquired by Walmart. I am telling you, this is a made-for-TV drama, and it is crazy. So uh, go check out on how I built this with Guy Raz, the episode diapers.com and jet.com with Mark Laurie. It is just a fascinating tell all on how the uh, the Amazon versus Walmart saga is playing out. So that's a just a pro tip. Okay, so let's get back to the outline. But I think that's a fun rabbit trail for people to look at in terms of placement of their items. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So this is the fifth and final step in yep. terms of the overall Q4 planning. Yep. And the fifth step is your promotional strategy. So create a promotional strategy that covers both free and paid techniques to get maximum excitement and coverage for your products. 
And promotional strategy, of course, being free, free activities or free efforts is one thing like social media, like email marketing, those kinds of tools. And then the paid strategies would be, are you selling or through advertising? And where is that advertising being run? So the questions you might ask yourself are, what's your, what was your best promotional effort last Q4? And how can you make it even better? What did you waste time and money on last Q4? And how do you avoid it this year? Are there new promotional opportunities you can try this year? And what's your plan for them? And are you doing the basics of promotional efforts, including building an email list and sending newsletters weekly, building a text SMS list and sending broadcast texts, spending between 8 and 15% of your total revenue on marketing and advertising? Those questions, I think, are great prompts. Uh, I think they're um, going to get you into the mindset of uh, what I like to call traffic stacking, which is you take control of the traffic that goes to your listings. I don't care if they're on Amazon or on your own website. You take control of the traffic that goes to your listings. That means you're personally responsible. It doesn't just organically float in Amazon or be triggered by just advertising in Amazon. You can stack traffic on top of it. And so a promotional battle plan uh, that you can put together really can make all the difference. And of course, this is a virtuous cycle. If you send traffic to your products on Amazon and influence the BSRs, you know, bestseller rankings, then it'll get organic sales on the platform even more effectively because you've done that work. So a creative and interesting promotional strategy is key in my mind to an excellent Q4. This all makes a lot of sense. I mean, these are very grown up things for an Amazon seller to be hearing because obviously this is about, you know, having to take charge of your traffic in the broader sense, in yeah. the narrower sense, in the broader sense, getting known and liked and, and getting your brand, you know, uh, engaging with consumers. But what I would say for people who are very Amazon focused e-commerce operators is really it's probably a bit late in Q4 to be really focusing on building this, but you need to start building your off Amazon brand assets with extreme vigor because it's getting harder and harder to communicate direct with Amazon sellers. And it's, on the other hand, a fantastic sort of moat around your business to a degree, not a very thoroughly unpenetrable one, but nevertheless having uh, worth having. And also it, it's just very much a competitive advantage to be able to reach directly to consumers when everyone else has been cut off of this kind of Chinese wall between you and mm -hmm. the consumers with Amazon standing in between, not letting you even know their names in some cases. Yeah. So I would say social media and your own website and email capture are really important parts of that. And really, you're going to take the, the fruits of your labor in Q4, or you're going to need to focus on it in Q1, 2, and 3 more than when you're dashing around trying to make sure you're staying in stock. What I would say is it's not quite too late because it's a quicker build is to get influencer marketing in place. And that relationship building mm -hmm. can happen reasonably quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, if you start now in sort of late uh, Q3, you could probably get things in place for November and that can help to move the needle. And just generally, Amazon loves external traffic. And to the extent they're trying to take over retail and compete with Walmart, they, they want that exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to capture that market share. And it can, with the right types of product, be a good sales strategy. But I think it sort of adds to the mix rather than is a core thing because it's just a bit unpredictable in my experience of how yeah. well it works. You know? yeah. I love the emphasis here on, um, you know, creating off Amazon tactics. But of course, um, there are on Amazon tactics as well. So and my presentation for the Resonate conference this, earlier this week was about live selling QVC style on Amazon and beyond. 
And so live video selling on Amazon is all the rage. You can do it if you sign up for their influencer program or if you're brand registered. And in that presentation for Resonate Conference, I, I break down exactly how to do the technical components of going live. You can go live as an influencer and you can, you can pitch your products that you have in inventory. As an influencer, you can just talk about any product. And so that's one new and maybe emotionally risky way to move the needle for your products would be to do lives. Now, some people will resonate with that and be like, I could crush that. Other people will like, no, that's not for me. Fair enough. The other, of course, tool in your tool belt is just doing Amazon advertising. The five cent ad plan is a well-known you know, advertising strategy for products on Amazon. You can uh, take that approach. And those are two that are on Amazon specifically. And then off Amazon, you know, you go from there. I would say that the biggest question is, what can you do that you understand and how can you execute on it? And don't get overwhelmed. Just prioritize like this Q4, I'm going to, I'm going to do this because I know I can do it well. Or, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Facebook ads or something like that. Who knows? Whatever it is. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't overwhelmed by a list of massive numbers of things. I would just focus on what you can do effectively. I will say that for most Amazon sellers that we begin coaching, when I say, how much money do you spend on marketing and advertising? Do the math and what percentage of that is of, uh, of your top line, you know, revenue that, that they want to, they want to, first of all, compartmentalize and be like, oh, well, just, you know, that's, you mean not my Amazon sales, you mean just off Amazon sales. I'm like, no, your whole business, <laughs> take your whole business revenue, <laughs> however much that is, let's just say it's a million dollars. You need to be spending between 80000 and $150,000 on marketing and advertising. And most Amazon sellers that have scaled on Amazon have never really metabolized that degree of expense complexity. And it's sometimes new to them to hear that. But good, good, you know, process, good business process has a marketing and advertising budget that's somewhere in that range, eight to 15%. Consumer packaged good companies can be up to like 20, 22%. So, so you want to think through how do you deploy that much most efficiently? And without wasting it, what's the highest and best use of every one of those dollars? And so that's just some thoughts on the promotional tactic stuff. Yep. So live selling, we've talked about, I have no personal experience and I don't know anyone else who's doing it, which might be either a mm -hmm. reason that everyone should look into it. Mm -hmm. Who's the right kind of personality for it? It's certainly not going to be very competitive in the level that most other tactics mm -hmm. are. But I guess that the bread and butter for most people is going to be advertising spend. My main hint is, is uh, I, I kind of see the opposite of sometimes you, you know, you get clients and we talked about it where they, they've hardly spent any money on ads. And I've got a couple of guys like that, actually some of the biggest sellers in the mastermind, but quite often people just throw money at it. And I would say, mm -hmm. if you're going to spend money on ranking, do it when it's cheap. It's effectively, if you get outside the Amazon bubble, it's a market share question, right? So when a market is smaller, as in outside of Q4, Mm -hmm. it's cheaper to rank you know if you take a percentage of it it's cheaper so if there are a hundred thousand dollars bit of a widget being sold now on amazon and you can get 50 percent of that market that's fifty thousand dollars worth of sales if it's going to be three hundred thousand a month by december then that's not a great time to be trying to get that market share so i would urge people to try and get their ranking work done or market mm -hmm. share gaining mm -hmm. by the end of q3 and don't be stressing about trying to gain market share in q4 i would mm -hmm. just focus on profit and then you know if you feel like you could have sold more or had a bigger q4 then reflect on that in january and that's a great time to gain market share yeah because it's cheap. sure 
totally so great overspend really is the main thing yeah no you that's the point of budgeting that's the point of saying what yeah. you know what's eight to fifteen percent look like if you get yeah. to the end of q4 and you've blown all the money <laughs> you made <laughs> on advertising you you clearly haven't thought through it ahead of time so True. eight to fifteen percent gives you a guide rail yeah so for, forecast your q4 income or in a total sales and say well i'm not spending any more than fifteen percent on advertising and you let that be your governor if you're on the, you know, the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which is quite common. I, I would say the other thing, and you're right about planning it ahead of time is probably one of the keys to not going overspending. The other thing to say is thinking of the advertising as a percentage of your top line. Mm -hmm. If you think about it clearly, which is not rocket science, but if people skip this, it's like if you're going to raise your prices, your revenue is going to be higher. So you could afford to spend a little bit more on advertising mm -hmm. without going over your 15% you know, marker. Yeah. And I think that is something you've got to think through when you're doing a pro forma or projected accounts. You should think about what happens if we raise our pricing and yeah. what does the ad spend look like in that scenario. Totally um, right. Equally, you want to make sure you don't fix your ad spend at X and then you're pricing it at somewhat a lot lower than you're expecting. Mm -hmm. So uh, as you say, it's a question of planning and being disciplined already. One other pro tip for people who sell on Amazon in particular, and you say to yourself, I don't have an email list. I don't have, you know, any other resources or, or you know, off Amazon ways to, to build energy or enthusiasm. Then think about your packaging. And think about the opportunity to actually collect email addresses. You can have a very simple landing page set up with who you are, what you do, and have, you know, an info guide to your product or just, you know, FAQs about your product. Don't violate Amazon's TOS, but understand what the, uh, the rules of the road are for having references to your own website on your packaging or in your materials that you sell and go full in on that as much as the TOS will allow to make sure that you have resources for your buyers because they are your buyers too, not just Amazon's buyers. And use that as a methodology for starting to build for next year where you would say, oh, okay, now I've got a, a stream, a small stream of uh, people opting in uh, to my site or to whatever uh, because of the sales velocity on Amazon. And again, don't violate TOS, but think it through and understand what you can do. The other thing I would say, frankly, if you're going to violate TOS, don't get caught the 11th commandment. No, no, which is don't violate TOS. Don't to, violate TOS. Preferably don't. But I mean, it's a, it's violating TOS to send anybody anywhere off Amazon, basically, as I understand. That's the primitive summary. Right? This is not as sort of nuanced. But on your packaging, of course, every packaged product has a website or social handle or that kind of thing. So yeah. if, you're, if you're selling a product, most packaging has, you know, some... URL, et cetera, et cetera, on their packaging if you're a private label seller. So you want to think through that. It's not a TOS violation to have who you are on the back of your, you know, flip down board on your product. This is true. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, as long yeah. as you think you it go. through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just got to be aware of the, the downside potential for sending people off Amazon too, obviously, I would say. And I certainly don't make an offer. I suppose what I'm saying is do not make an offer on the packaging. I would definitely put that an insert inside the, you know, for example, sign up with us and, you yep. know, get lifetime warranty activated or something as mild as that could be a bit of a peril to you if it's on the package. But you're right. If it's if it's just a URL, you're probably mm -hmm. in safe ground, I guess. And do um, it well. Yeah. So look, this well. is. This is good stuff. Um, really good stuff, actually. I, I like there's some very good strategic thinking insights as well as practical tips. So could you just summarize possibly not all of the questions, but at least the sort of five main sort of areas and maybe to highlight a couple of the key questions that come up? Yep. Step one is get goal clarity for Q4. Ask yourself what worked in the past and create a battle plan for going after your goals with uh, clarity. 
If you have a sentence that says, my Q4 goal is to make X amount by selling Y number of products on Z platforms, then you're clear on your goals. The second step is have product strategy sorted out. What's your most profitable product and how can you sell more of it? The third step is pricing strategy. What price can you put on your products this Q4 for maximum sales success? Step four is placement strategy. What marketplaces or locations should you consider selling on this Q4? And how can you optimize those for maximum profit? And step five is promotional strategy. How can you create media, traffic, energy, enthusiasm for your products in whatever marketplace they reside on through paid and free approaches? So there you go. Those are the steps to an awesome and lucrative Q4. Amazing. Really, really like those a lot. And uh, some great thoughts for all year round. You know, I guess goal planning is for life, not just for Christmas, as they say. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly very, very important as you get into the hurly-burly of Q4 to go in with a plan. It's really mentally reassuring as well as any, anything else, I think. So this is great stuff. The only other thing I suppose we should say is that, particularly in the light of the exciting stuff coming with our third season, don't forget to follow us on whatever platforms you're on. So I guess Spotify, you follow people on Amazon, you subs- um, Apple Podcasts, you now also follow people, I think. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to give us the love, share the love with the, uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts as well. Absolutely. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.